Hello everyone, Pastor Terry here, and uh, this is Summit Church Fenton's uh, midweek Bible study online, and uh, I'm just so glad that uh, everyone's tuned in this evening. Hey, this is uh, this is July 1st. My goodness, the summer's just moving right by, isn't it? July the 4th, right around the corner. Uh, one of my favorite holidays. I, I really enjoy the, the fireworks, but uh, hey, uh, this evening... Uh, what I want to do is I want to begin a new series, and and the title of it is going to be Promotion. And you know, uh, everyone wants to be promoted. And uh, so what, what I'm going to be doing over the next several Wednesday evenings is we'll be going into the Word of God, and we'll be, we'll be looking at, at, at several things that we can do that will cause promotion to come about in our lives, okay? So let's let's get started here. Let's go to Psalms chapter 75 and verse 6, and this will be in the King James Version. And the Bible says this, it says, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Well, if promotion doesn't come from the east, the west, or the south, it must come from the north. And you know, say, well, what, what significance does, does that have to do with anything? Well, the north, the Bible says that God's throne is located in the far sides of the north. So what this verse is telling us is that promotion comes from God. Now, true enough, you know, uh, you know, if, if you have a, a, a superior, you know, at work, someone that, that is your boss or whatever, uh, you know, they can promote you, but they can also demote you. But when God promotes, uh, that's true promotion, and no one can take that away from you. And so, uh, like I like I said, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking over these next several Wednesday nights at different things that the Bible tells us that we can do to cause God to promote us, okay? And that's what Psalm 75 verse 6 was saying, that promotion comes from the north. In other words, promotion, real promotion, comes from God. Now, uh, this evening, what, what I want to uh, center in on for, for, for this evening, the topic uh, is, is humility. Humility. And like I said, over the next Wednesday nights, we'll be looking at different, different subjects that will cause promotion in our life. But tonight, I want to begin with humility. And it's probably uh, the number one uh, uh, thing that causes promotion in someone's life. And as we'll see as we go along over the next few Wednesday evenings, that really all of the other things kind of uh, stem out of humility. So that's why I'm covering humility first. Uh, it, it's probably the number one thing that we can do to cause God to promote us. Now, if you would, uh, let's go to Proverbs 29 and verse 23. Now this will be in the New King James Version. And notice what the Bible says. It says, a man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. Now right here, it's interesting that humility, you know, is, is mentioned, but it's, it's also mentioned in conjunction with pride. And as, as you study the Bible, uh, humility and pride run parallel with one another. And actually, they're, they're total opposites of each other. Uh, uh, pride is the uh, 
total opposite of humility. And, uh, but, but right here, the Bible says that a, a man's pride will bring him low. Or we could say it like this. Uh, a man's pride will cause him to be demoted. Okay. But the humble in spirit will retain honor. We could say it this way. The humble in spirit will be promoted. Okay. And, uh, and that's good to know. And, and, and we'll see this theme again and again as we go through here this evening that, that pride causes demotion and humility causes promotion. Okay. And, uh, and so, uh, now let's go to Romans, the 12th chapter. And I want to try to define for you, uh, humility, what Bible humility is. And, and like I said, when we talk about humility, pride comes up. They run parallel and, and, you know, pride and humility are opposites of each other. And, uh, now, now I'm not going to go into Webster's dictionary and read you a bunch of definitions for uh, pride or for humility. I think we all pretty well know and understand what uh, what pride is, what humility is. But uh, but but let's look at Romans 12 verse three. I think this is a good verse that kind of uh, helps bring out what what pride and humility actually is. Notice what the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit through Paul writes to the, to the Romans here in Romans 12 verse three. For I say, through the grace of God given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, notice here, what I want to center in on is where the Apostle Paul says, not to think more highly of oneself than they ought to think. Now, I think that right there pretty well uh, uh, tells us about pride and humility. You see, as you study the Bible, it's clear, you know, we are supposed to think highly of ourselves, all right. I mean, uh, you know, Jesus said we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. So there, there is a uh, uh, you know, there, there, there is a, a, a great, great, great truth in that we ought to love ourselves, as Jesus said, but, but we just shouldn't, you know, be in love with ourselves. You know, you know what I'm saying? That, that gets over into an area of pride. Uh, but, but what this verse is saying is, you know, yes, we should think highly of ourselves, you know, especially if we know who we are in Christ, you know, we should have good, high, healthy, uh, self-esteem, and we should think highly of ourselves. Yes, certainly, you know, especially as we understand who we are in Christ. But you see, we shouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. That's where we get over into pride, and that's not good. So, so what the Apostle Paul is saying here is he's saying, yes, think highly of yourself, you know, but, but, you know, don't don't have a bad, low self-esteem. Think highly of yourself, but don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to, because that gets over into pride. Now, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate that that uh, you know a lot of times people when 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 they're prideful, 
you know, and, and they realize that they're in pride, then a lot of times they'll go over and they'll go all the way to the other side of the road and they'll get they'll they'll get into to what what is a false humility and they'll start thinking, you know, that they're uh, you know, just a lowly old nothing that doesn't count for anything and that sort of thing. And you know, the Bible talks about a false humility and really when you start thinking of yourself that you're just no good and there's, you know, you're just an old worm, you know, going around in the dust and you got your head hung down all the time. And, you know, that, a lot of times people think that's humility, but it really isn't. That, that that's, that's a false humility. See, we shouldn't be like that. But then again, we shouldn't be on the ditch on the other side either where, where we're prideful and haughty. But, but what we need to do is we need to think highly of ourselves. Okay, think highly of ourselves, but not more highly than we ought to think. That's where we get into pride. So I guess if, if, if I was going to sum it up, I would say that, you know, on one side of the road, you have pride on, you know, on the other side of the road, you know, Ditch on one side, pride. Ditch on the other, a false humility where you just think you're no good, you know, never going to amount to anything. But I, but but in the midst of those two, there's a place where you uh, can think highly of yourself, but not more highly than you ought to think. And I think therein we find true Bible humility. Think highly of yourself, but not more highly than you ought to think. Because as I've said before, I want to say it again, when you think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, now that's pride. But again, don't get over in in that ditch on the other side where you just think you're no good, not good for anything. That, that, that's false humility. That's, that's not good. But there's, I believe there's a balance between, uh, pride and that false humility where, where you can come, like I said, have a, have, have, think highly of yourself, but not more highly than you ought to think. And I think that's where you come into true Bible humility. I, I wanted to say that again. I'm a teacher. I like repetition. Remember, repetition is the seed of learning. You know, I remember my mother used to tell me, she told me this many times. She would say this. She would say, Terry, uh, she'd say this. She, she, she'd say, remember, uh, 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 no, let, let, let me get just how she said it. I, I, I better read this because I don't want to misquote my mother. But she said this. She said, you're no better than anybody else, but you're just as good. You're no better than anybody else, but you're just as good. You know, I've thought about that a lot of times. And, you know, my mom, she's in heaven now. But, you know, that, that that's, that's real sharp, real sharp. You're no better than anybody else, but you're just as good. And, you know, that that that's good to remember. Uh you know, I, before before the camera came on, I was thinking about you know the the subject that I'm teaching on, and I, I thought about some manifestations. You know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to define for you pride and humility, and uh, but some manifestations of pride, some manifestations of it, the way prideful people act. Now, there's other things that what I'm about to to share with you, but. These are just some manifestations of pride. When someone cannot or will not admit that they're wrong or they've made a mistake. 
when someone's always blaming others, even though they know they did something wrong. They blame others for it. When someone cannot or will not apologize, even when they know they've done wrong. Uh, when someone is continually talking about themselves and all their accomplishments, these are just uh, some ways that you could recognize if someone or even yourselves in pride. Here, here's another one. When someone is uh, minimizing others by maximizing themselves. Uh, you know, pride is a very ugly thing. It's a very subtle thing. Most people that get in pride don't even know, I'm convinced, don't even really know that they're in it. Sometimes they do, but a lot of times they don't. I heard somebody say one time that, you know, uh, pride is a disease that someone can have and they don't realize it. Everybody around them realizes it, but they don't realize they have it. It's, it's, it's a subtle thing. It's an ugly thing. But, but, uh, but yeah, uh, someone that's operating in pride will minimize others by maximizing themselves. So don't, don't do any of those things, okay? Because those are prideful things, all right? Now, uh, now let's go to James chapter four, James chapter four, verse 10. And, uh, let's read that. James four ten says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Now, I mean, wow. Now that just, that's like a slam dunk verse right there. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Well, he will lift you up. He will promote you. But what are you going to have to do? What am I going to have to do? We're going to have to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. Now, notice here, this is something we're going to have to do ourselves, okay? Uh, God's not going to do this for us. This is something we have to do ourselves. We have to humble ourselves. And uh, now I've, I've watched this over the years. I've, I've observed this over the years that if a person or even a nation will not humble themselves, and I'm not talking about overnight or in a day or a week or a month, but if someone or even a nation will not humble themselves, if they won't humble themselves, eventually God will step in and, and, and do the humbling. And you don't want that. You, you don't want that. Um, because when God gets done humbling someone or, or even a nation, uh, well, that's a humbling experience. I, I say that kind of, you know, try to be funny, but I, I shouldn't really, I guess, there. Because when God gets done with you, you will realize that uh, you can do nothing without him. Okay, but don't ever, don't ever run in, don't be prideful in the first place, but don't, don't run in pride, don't go in pride, but don't get to a place, what I'm trying to say, where God has to humble you. Do what the scripture here says, humble yourself. That's not always easy. And sometimes and oftentimes it's hard on the flesh. But you make that decision, humble yourself in the sight 
of the Lord. He's always watching. He never sleeps or slumbers. The Bible says. And in the process of time. Now he will lift you up. He will promote you. Now let's now look at Proverbs 16. And uh, verse 18 and 19. Let's, let's look at Proverbs 16, 18 and 19. Two of the most powerful verses in the, in the Bible on this subject of, of humility and, and pride. Look at this, Proverbs 16, 18. Notice this. You ought to memorize this. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, I just thought, I thought about this. Since pride and uh, humility are opposites of each other, if pride goes before destruction, then humility would go before something good happening. If a haughty spirit goes before a fall, then, then a, a humble spirit would go before promotion. Okay? But, but let's, let, let's just stick with reading here. Pride goes, no, don't ever forget this, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. When some now listen, this is a spiritual law. Alright? You need to remember this. Pride will go before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. When someone's operating in pride and haughtiness, it may not be overnight, it may not be in a week, may not be in a month or a year, but eventually, according to the Holy Bible. If someone operates in pride and haughtiness in the process of time, there will come destruction in that person's life and there will be a fall. Now verse 19 says, Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Powerful verses on this subject. Now that brings me to uh, thinking about uh, this pride and humility Subject brings me to thinking about Lucifer, remember, who became Satan. And uh, now remember, uh, he was uh, God's uh, chief angel, uh, Lucifer. And uh, but something happened to him. And let's let's read about him in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13. Let's pick up midway through that verse. Uh, It says of Lucifer. Every precious stone was your covering. Now think about this. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. Now think about that. Lucifer, now again, he became the devil. He became Satan. But there was a time where he wasn't the devil, where he wasn't Satan. He was Lucifer. And look at how he was covered, how he was dressed. My goodness. And then God says, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you in the day you were created. And so, in the day you were created. So God created him as this beautiful angel. And I believe, I personally believe he was at this time the angel of the Lord. He was like God's main angel. He was over the worship department of heaven, my goodness. And uh, verse 14, uh, God says, you were the anointed cherub who covers. The, uh, he had the anointing on him. The, uh, the angel who covers. God says, I established you. Uh, you were on the holy mountain of God. 
You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. Iniquity. Now, let's look and see what that iniquity was. In Isaiah 14, chapter 14, verse 12, says this, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground who weakened the nations? Now, look at this. Now he's fallen from this lofty position that God gave him in Ezekiel 28. He's fallen from that. He's been cut down to the ground. Remember that. Verse 13, For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. Now this is what Lucifer said in his heart. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. Well, see, that's where God's throne is. He was, he was trying to overthrow God. Now, now, now that's just, that's just stupidity there. I mean, don't ever forget this. The devil is crazy. All right. You'd have to be crazy to think that you could overthrow God. But that's where God's throne is. I said that earlier on the far sides of the north where promotion comes from. Remember we talked about that? But, but Lucifer was gonna, gonna uh, try to ascend above God and overthrow God. And he says, verse 14, I will ascend, I will, I will. Do you see that I, he had that, he had that dreaded eye disease, didn't he? That's a sure, uh, giveaway for pride. See, the iniquity that was found in him was pride. And it brought him low. It cut him to the ground. He said, I will ascend to the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Think about that. Pride, pride, pride. Yet, verse 15 says, Yet you shall be brought down to hell, to the lowest depths of the pit. And that's where the devil's going to spend eternity, in, the, in, in hell. My goodness gracious. Think about that. He had that great position that God gave him when God created him, and pride was, he, he got prideful, I believe we read about that covering, all the diamonds and the onyx and the jasper. And I don't even know what some of those things are. Onyx, beryl, jasper, sapphire, all emerald. I know what gold is. I mean, I think all this, I think it went to his head. And, and, and he got over into pride and it cut him low. It brought him down. Pride goes before, what do we say? We, the, what the Bible say? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And that's what happened to Lucifer. And he was cut down to the ground. And, and eventually he's going into hell and will be tortured and tormented there for all eternity. How you think about that, what pride did to him? Now, uh, so, so in the time I have left, what I want to do is I want to talk about, just get practical here. How do we humble ourselves? How do we do it? Let's go to Romans, the 12th chapter and the 16th verse. And, and I, I want to read this uh, verse out of several different uh, versions, Bible versions. First of all, the New King James Version, Romans 12, 16, says this. And, and so I'm going to look at now some things we can do to humble ourselves. All right. Here we go. Romans 12, 16, New King James Version. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own conceit. Then IV says, 
same verse, says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. The Amplified Classic says this, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, snobbish, high-minded, exclusive, but readily adjust yourself to people or things and give yourselves to humble tasks. Well, I like that. You know, I've had people at the church over the years, over the many years, uh, uh, long since, these people long since come and gone. Uh, but, you know, if, if you'd ask them to, uh, you know, to sweep the floors or something like that, they won't, they won't, they won't do that. But if you ask them, you know, to get up and give a testimony in front of the congregation, well, you know, they'll, they'll be they'll be real quick to do that. Uh, see, lack of humility there, lack of humility. It's 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 a pridefulness. See, a humble person will give themselves to humble tasks. You know, uh, when I when I started in the ministry, uh, you know, I thought I was going to start preaching in the pulpit and. The, the pastor of the church, he gave me, he gave me a ministry to start with. It was, I call it the first, second, third John ministry. <laughs> and so the, the, the assignment I got was, uh, cleaning the, cleaning the toilets, cleaning the Johns. And, and so that's where I started my ministry, uh, with the first, second, third John ministry. But you see, the Bible says, give yourselves to humble tasks. Uh, that's, that's pretty humble task, you know, clean, cleaning the Johns. But I'm so glad I did it. I'm so glad I did it. And, uh, you know, in my life, God then eventually, you know, did promote me to some other things where, where we've been able to, to, you know, to help, help, help folk, you know, through the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. But, you know, hey, cleaning the restrooms, that's helpful to people too. No, I don't know if anybody wants to go to, into a restroom that's not clean. I mean, I surely don't. I've been in a few of those, you know, over the years, different places, and that, that's no fun. But but you get what I'm saying. Be willing to do what would be considered uh, a humble task. Uh, then here it says in the Amplified, never overestimate yourself or be wise in your own conceits. The New Revised Standard Version says this, Romans 12, 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Uh, Romans 12, 16 in the New Living Translation says, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Wow. Uh, I, I, don't, don't, I'll put it in my own words. Don't think that you've got everything all figured out. You know, uh, I've been in the room with a few of those people over the years and, you know, you get right down to it. <laughs> Sometimes they're the dumbest people in the room. I know when I was younger, uh, much younger, I, there was a few times I thought I had everything all figured out. <laughs> I come to realize I, I was the dumbest one in the room, you know. So don't think you know it all, okay? Uh, I, I liked what the Message Bible says. Now, I realize the Message Bible is not a word-for-word -word translation, and you have to be real careful with it. It's not a word-for-word -word from the Greek translation, but... Sometimes it says things right where we can just all understand it. And uh, Romans 12, 16 message says, get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. That's, that's pretty pretty blunt, isn't it? That, 
We can all understand that. Don't be stuck up. And then it says, make friends with nobodies. Uh, you know, you know what, I, what I used to do whenever, uh, uh, whenever I'd get a teaching job. You know, I used to teach, uh, I taught junior high, high school, and junior college. I taught math. Uh, but whenever I'd get a job, it wouldn't matter where it was. I'd always, uh, one of the first things I'd do is I'd get to know who the janitors were. And uh, I would treat them better than I would the principal or the superintendent or the board members or whoever it was that was over me. Now, you want to treat those people good also. But I would find out who the janitors were. And I would treat the janitors better than I would treat uh, uh you know, the, the, the principal or the superintendent. And I, I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, but I mean, that's just what I did. And uh, I felt impressed to the Holy Spirit to do that, you know, and, and, and to, to uh, so I'm giving him all the credit because uh, he, he impressed me to do that, but I always did that. I found out who the janitors were and I was nicer to them than I, than I was, was to the, to the principal and the superintendent, and the board members. And, uh, uh, I'd learn what their name was. I call them ma'am and sir. And, uh, and by the way, I always had the cleanest rooms in the, uh, in the school. I had the cleanest room in the school. <laughs> Those janders, they, they took care of me. But, but you see, that's, that's what you need to do. Find, and I never thought of them as nobodies. I mean, thank God for them. They had, they had some of the toughest jo jobs of all, keeping the place clean. But, but find out wherever you work, find out who the, the, what would be considered the low, the lowliest of the people and, 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 and be good to them, open doors for them, you know, uh, be kind to them, call them by their first name and call them ma'am, call them sir. Uh, you want to get God's attention. You want to get promoted by God. You start doing that kind of stuff. Make friends with nobodies. And then here's what the message says. Don't be the great somebody. <laughs> Now, that's probably not a direct translation or the best translation from the Greek, but I tell you what, that hits right to the point. Don't be the great somebody, okay? Because you know what that is. That's pride. Now, something else that, that I want to talk about is uh, how do we humble ourselves? Let's look at 1 Peter 5, verses 5 and 6. Now, now it, it's submissiveness, being submissive to uh, someone that God has put over you, whether it's your boss or, or whoever it is. And, and, and I talked about that in that previous series on how to make the devil flee. We talked about, you know, being submitted to good godly authority. But uh, how you would humble yourself is you would be su a submissive person, uh, submitted to godly authority. You show me someone that's submitted to godly authority and I'll show you a humble person. You show me somebody that, that, that will not submit to godly authority, and I'll show you a prideful, haughty person. Okay? Now look at this. First uh, Peter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. Now look how this hooks in with this next statement. And be clothed with humility. See how submission there hooks in with humility? We ought to be clothed with humility. Humble from the, what is he, how do people say it? From the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. We ought to be clothed with humility. Now watch this. Go get this. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. See, he resists, he pushes the proud back away from him, but he'll draw the humble close to him. 
okay? He resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. I think we could say it this way. He'll promote the humble. And then verse 6 says, here it is again, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Something you're going to have to do, something I'm going to have to do. Humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Watch this, that he may exalt you in due time. We could say it this way, that he might promote you in due time. When the time's right. See, God doesn't always promote us as quick as we'd like or when we think he should. But if we'll humble ourselves under his mighty hand, when the time is right, he'll exalt us to the place that he wants us to be. Okay? Now, let's go to James chapter 4, verse 6. It says this, But God gives more grace, therefore he says... Now, notice Peter just got done saying this. Now, the Holy Ghost is going to say it again to us through James... Look at this, James 4, 6. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We need to remember that. And then verse 7, therefore submit to God. This was our key verse for that previous series on how to make the devil or why the devil doesn't flee on submission. You know, we talked about it. Submit Here it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. You see how submission is hooked in with humility? So again, submit. Submit to godly authority. And then you'll, you'll, that's a way that you're humbling yourself. When, and, and remember what I taught you in that, that series on submission. It's, it's when God has set someone over you and then you know, they, they ask or tell you to do something that, that's not out of line with the word of God, but you disagree with what they've asked you or told you to do. Now, at that point of disagreement, we're going to find out whether or not you're prideful or haughty. If you'll submit to good godly authority, you know, then you'll you, you, th th then you're humble. Okay, let, let, let me say it that way. If you submit to good godly authority, then then you're humble. But if you refuse uh, to submit, then you're prideful and haughty. Okay, that's so important. I want to I want to be sure I said that right. I want you to get it. So important. And someone that's over you, that God has set over you, and they ask you or tell you to do something, okay, it's in line with the Word of God, you know, it's, it's, it's not out of line with the Word of God, but you disagree with it, okay? Now, at that point, we're going to find out whether you're prideful or whether you're humble, okay? That, that's what I'm trying to say here. If you uh, submit and, and do what they've asked you or told you to do, then you're humble. If you have this attitude, well, I, I'm not going to do what they say. I'm just not going to do. I'm not going to do. Well, then you're not submissive and you're prideful. And pride goes before destruction. Okay. So what I wanted to get you to see here is how, how, how can you be, uh, how can you be humble by being submissive to godly authority? Now, then let's go to Luke 14. Let's go to Luke 14. And this is interesting. Uh, Jesus, uh, talk, he gives a parable here. We're talking about how can we humble ourselves. It's, it's interesting. Through choices we make. Choices, on-purpose choices we make. Look at this. He's talking about a wedding feast. And Luke 14, verse 7. So he told a parable to those who were invited. This is New King James Version. Uh, 
when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place. See, there's people coming in there and they wanted the front row seats. He said, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by the person throwing the party. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. He said, don't, don't sit in the best place because they might ask you to move to the back and that's going to be an embarrassing situation for you. But here's what he said to you. But when you're invited, go sit in the lowest place. In other words, come in there and take a seat in the back so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Now, that's a better deal. You know, you don't want to come in and sit on the front row and be asked to move to the back. It's better to sit in the back and be asked to move to the front. Okay. And that's what Jesus is saying. He said, go sit in the lowest place so that when uh, when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. See, it'll be, you'll be, it, it, it's an honor if you're sitting in the back to be asked to move to the front to a better seat. But if you're here in the front and they tell you to move to the back, you know, uh, that's embarrassing. And so, uh, anymore, I go in somewhere, you know, let's, let's just sit up in the, in the bleachers. Let's sit up in the nosebleed section, you know, and, uh, you, you get what I'm trying to say. And, uh, 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 Jesus says in verse 11, man, he sums it all right up here. Just, just sums everything up. He said, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Well, that sums it up, doesn't it? Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, I want to tell you a story that, um, Listen Listen to this. An eloquent but prideful minister made a grand entrance into a packed church service of thousands of people. The lights dimmed, then began to flash. The trumpets blew. The spotlight beamed on him as he was announced as a prophet of God. His entourage followed close behind, carrying his Bible and briefcase. No one was allowed to approach him or sit with him. He sat by himself on an exalted place on the platform. Finally, he stepped to the pulpit. The spotlight trained upon him. He opened his usually eloquent mouth to speak. But because of his pridefulness, the Spirit of God did not take hold with him. He could not hold his thoughts together and he stumbled over all his words. His preaching flopped. Most of the congregation began walking out. He continued on in his uneloquent oratory until only a few in the congregation remained. The spotlight dimmed and he finally dropped his head and alone without entourage quietly and humbly slipped out the back door. One of the few remaining congregants exclaimed, if he had come in the way he went out, he could have went out the way he came in. 
Now you think about that. Now, if I went a little too fast for you there, this is a good place to stop, rewind me and listen to that again. That's what one person said. They like these online services because they can stop me, rewind, you know, back me up and rewind it and play it again and again. This might be a good place to do it. Uh, one of the congregants said, one of the remaining ones who, who endured all, all that pridefulness said, if he had come in the way he went out, he could have went out the way he came in. Think about that. See, he came in pridefully and he, he went out in disgrace. But if he, if, if, if he had come in humbly, he could have went out with honor. You know, here's something else. I just have this in my notes. I think it's good to say, humble people will not, will not draw attention to themselves. Now, uh, let me close with this. Two Bible examples of humility. First of all, uh, Moses. Now, uh, in Numbers 12, verse 3, the Bible says that he was very humble. The King James says meek. Now, meek doesn't mean weak. It, it means humble. He was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. You know, I think about Moses sometimes. Remember, he was raised in Pharaoh's court. And uh, a lot of privileges and all of that. But yet, before God really used him and exalted him, uh, the Bible says here he was the most humble man on the face of the earth. You know, I wonder if those uh, 40 years on the backside of the desert, I wonder if those 40 years on the backside of the desert had anything to do with him being the humblest man on the face of the earth. Interesting to think about. But nonetheless, he was the most humble man on the face of the earth. And, and God exalted him to a, a, of that day, the highest position of that day. Now, in uh, Exodus 3, verse 10, when God's talking to Moses, he says, Come now, therefore, and I'll send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, look at what, how Moses responds here. Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? You see that? That's humility talking there. Now, I, I don't think this was a false humility. In fact, well, I know it wasn't a false humility because sometimes, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, I'm just not worthy. I'm just not good enough and all that. That We know it wasn't a false humility because the Bible said that he was the most humble man on the face of the earth. So this wasn't a false humility. This was the real humility. He was humble. And this is what humble people, this is the attitude they'll have when God gives them an assignment. And the reason God was giving him this assignment was because he was the most humble man on the face of the earth. But here's how a humble person will respond. When God gives them an assignment, they'll say, Lord, are you, are you sure you got the right, you sure you got the right person? You know, you, you sure it's me? See, you see, that's humility. It's not, well, well, you know, God, I, 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 I can see why you chose me, Lord. See, that's pride. God's not going to use somebody that has that kind of an attitude. But see, Moses was very humble. He said, he said, uh, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? You know, there were other people in the Bible that had that same humble response. 
uh, when God gave him an assignment. I, I know Jeremiah was one that had a similar response. And there were there were others that, that I could cite if I had the time. But see, this is an example of humility. You know, again, God used him to this great degree because he was humble. He humbled himself under the mighty hand of God. Uh, but when God approached him, he God, are you sure I'm the one? You see, that's, that's, that's humility talking. And then we'll close with the greatest example of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate example of humility. You think about this. He was born in a stable, the son of almighty God. Now, he could have been born any place he wanted to be born, but he was born in a stable in a very humble place. That's how he started his his earthly walk, born, you know, in a stable. And then, you know, uh, as he made that triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he came riding on a donkey. And the Bible is clear. It says that he did that to show humility, that he would come riding humbly, on a donkey. But let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. It says this, But Jesus, he made himself of no reputation. See, he wasn't interested in, in a reputation. You know, that's what prideful people want. They want a reputation. They, they want that. They want fame and glory and fortune. <laughs> You know, like that whole song goes, I want to be in pictures. I want to be a star. You know, that's, that's pridefulness, you know, and, uh, they want that reputation, but Jesus made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant. See, humble people are servants and coming in the likeness of men. Think about that. God, the second member of the Trinity, humbled himself, became a man. And being found in the appearance of a man, watch this, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And you can see in the Garden of Gethsemane how he submitted his will to the will of his Father. He humbled himself. I mean, it's, it's powerful. And look what happens says in verse in verse 9 therefore god also has highly exalted him wow see you humble yourself under the mighty hand of god and god will exalt you in due season look at this jesus didn't seek reputation he came as a servant he humbled himself he submitted himself to the heavenly father was obedient to the heavenly father and notice, God, the Heavenly Father, highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Think about that. God highly exalted him, and now he sits at the right hand of Almighty God on high. Think about that. Jesus humbled himself, and God highly exalted him. What an example of humility. Well, I hope you got something good out of this tonight. I hope you could, could, can see that humbling yourself 
is one of the, the, the main ways that, uh, that one of the main things we can do that will cause God to, to promote us. And so uh, let's be humble. Let's not be prideful. And again, I think I should say this. You know, sometimes I've heard people say, you know, well, I'm proud of my son or I'm proud of my daughter because, you know, some accomplishment that they might have done. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying something like that. As long as, you know, you understand what I'm saying. You know, I'm proud of so-and-so because they did a good job. Nothing wrong with that. I think you can distinguish what the difference between that and what I've been talking about here this evening. Okay, remember, pride is a, is a subtle thing, and it's an ugly thing. And let's, uh, let, let's stay out of it at all costs, and let's all humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, and then He will exalt us in due season. Hey, again, I hope you've enjoyed this tonight, and thanks for being here with me. And we'll pick up with this next Wednesday night, and we'll look at another, another topic on, on something that we can do that will cause God to promote us, okay? And uh, hey, uh, have a great week. I look forward to seeing you this Sunday at 10 o'clock at Summit Church, okay? So uh, I'll see you then, and uh, and God bless you, okay? Bye-bye.